Hey, welcome back to your first million. I hope you've been enjoying these new episodes in season four. You may have noticed that I have been interviewing with different style, a little bit of a different style, different sound. And that is because all of the episodes that are interview episodes from now on are on video as well. And not just on Zoom in most cases, in studio. And by studio, I mean a room in my co-working spot. But it feels like a studio the day we record. So you have to check it out on YouTube. If you go to the link in my Instagram bio or my Twitter bio, Arlen was here is where you can find both. Or you go to YouTube and look up Arlen's Your First Million as the account name. You'll find it. And there are several episodes, the Bobby Wagner episode, all the way to this Amy Porterfield episode that is brand new. Also check out her new book that just launched today. Um, I'm just excited. You have to see it. It's so beautifully shot and I just have had an amazing time with this. And of course, there's a plan that has to do with millions. So keep paying attention, keep watching, keep sharing, liking, subscribing, and hopefully, most of all, most importantly, learning from these interviews. We hit 15 million last year. 15 million. Some people fell out their chair just now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't even think I had a skill to be an entrepreneur, mm. but I was going to find a way to be mm. my own boss. We learned that we can't just depend on one income stream, no matter what, yes. th- what it is. And that's what I love, actually controlling your wealth and controlling your destiny. Yeah. I do believe if I can make 15 million, I can make 50 million. Yeah. Nothing bad happens when women have more money. Amen. <laughs> Amy. Well, hello there. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. And this is the first time we're actually meeting in person. I feel like we've met before, and I think you just have that type of personality. Yeah, the minute yeah. I saw you, I'm That's like, it. oh, we've been friends forever. Yeah. I love yeah. that about it's, it's you. It goes both ways, because I think it also has to do with the fact that we're like, uh, you know, on social, True. but we follow each other. <laughs> yep. And you are an investor in Backstage Capital. I am, which and is so cool. I'm just so grateful for that. That's awesome. Thank you. I can't remember exactly the very first Maybe it was Jenna Kutcher. It was Jenna yes. Kutcher. And I'm going to see her this weekend, so I'm, I can't oh, wait to tell so her that cool. I got to meet you She's in introduced person. me to some amazing people. She's a great girl. That's great. Yeah. So you're in L.A.? Uh, All through the year, I guess. You're just hitting L.A. different times. I'm doing tons of different things in L.A. I've been here a bunch. But I loved it. You saw me on social in L.A. You're like, we were going to do something anyway. Come on over. And it worked out perfect. It worked right. You know what else is interesting? And this people tell me this, but it's like you have such a distinct voice. Oh. (laughs) It's such a distinct voice. Do you make a decision? Is your diction of choice? Not at all. It's yeah. not. It's just what it is. That's but so interesting. I appreciate you saying so. Someone, uh, people have told me that before, and I thought, yeah. well, thank goodness, because I've got a podcast, so it works out good. Well, it, it, it's, it reminds me of someone who's been very, very much sort of classically trained in, like, really? journalism. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, like, that's a compliment. That, it's, it's that, um, and it's just—so I listen to your podcast a lot, you know, and you have two two that come out a week? Yep. Is that it? Yep. You have, like, incredible download numbers. You know, I always—I haven't always. I've done well, but— 
Over the last year, we made a huge goal. We're going to explode this podcast. As you know, podcasting video shows, they're a lot of work. Yes, they are. And so I want to get the biggest bang for our buck that we can. So we made a conscious effort a year ago. We're going to do two shows a week instead of one. And we're going to do promo weeks. And we're going to stretch ourselves and try new things. So we went from like 500,000 downloads a month to a million more. Like, that when we started to be intentional, yeah. which is such a great lesson for everything, right? Well, even 500,000 is a lot because it's just like books, you know, and you have a book coming yes. out right now. So, But it's just like po- most podcasts won't see more than a thousand plays an episode. How do you even get to the 500,000? You know, I always say to my students, consistency is everything. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I felt like the only people listening was my mom and my sister. Yeah. And I did that for many years. I didn't see tons of traction in the first two years, but it was that consistency of showing up. And someone once told me years ago that if you want more podcast listeners, get interviewed on other people's podcasts because there's podcast yes. listeners listening. Yes. So I started to do a lot of interviews a few years ago. That helped immensely as well. That's a good hack, right? Yes, and, totally. And it's, you... You're great at these hacks. That's why I listen to your your podcast because <laughs> every episode is, you know, let me tell you, first first thing people ask me, yes, entrepreneurs. Yes. Invest. Can you invest in my company or how do I make money, et cetera? Second is can you help me hire, which is why I started Runner. But the third is how do I build like not only my following but my email list? Yes. And it seems like like every other episode of your podcast gives somebody that real answer. Absolutely. Because it's, it's, it's like you think you know the answer, but it's, it, it, it's like a process, right? It's an absolute process. And if, speaking of email lists, yeah. I'm passionate about that topic because yeah. I teach marketing. But um, it's one thing to say like, oh, yeah, you just got to stay consistent and keep mm-hmm. going at it. But it's another thing to say you need a lead magnet. You need an email service provider. This is how you start. These are the steps you take. So early on when I started teaching, I decided – I'm going to be the step-by-step kind of girl. Mm. I want to take people through the process. I don't want to assume you know all about online marketing. No one teaches this stuff in school. So all the terms, I'll be patient, explain what they mean, and then walk people through the funnels and how to set things up. But it's how I wish someone had taught me early on. So I do that a lot throughout my teaching because I just know people don't know this stuff yet. And we're kind of going backwards, I know, on purpose. But I want to unravel that, too, because... One thing that you do where you have made your first million and more Mm -hmm. is that you teach people how to start online courses. Yes. Which is a revenue stream that I talk a lot about. I love that you Uh, do. I I talk a lot about it because here's the thing, like no one is coming to save us. Amen. No one's coming to save us. And with this, like the economy the way it is, with the world the way it is, we learned in 2020, 2021, et cetera, we learned that we can't just depend on one income stream, no matter what yes. they, what it is. We can't just depend on one. So I want us to have like that security yes. of having at least two, maybe more. I have 10. I was going to say, you have a lot. Well, you should. And it, it doesn't have to that. be about being rich or having a lot of money. It just means that you have to be able to pull from different places if you need money. You need it. Right. So... The online courses that would you say that that kind of um, kind of exploded your career? Absolutely. Yeah. So I've been doing this for about fourteen years, but I started out with doing social media for small businesses, yes. and then teaching social media, yeah. and then my first digital course I created to sell was about social media. But fast forward fourteen years now, and my bread and butter is I do teach people how to take their knowledge and their know how and skill set turn that into a digital course that they can market online and make money consistently. Mm -hmm. So it really is like you could have a 
full business by just selling your digital courses. 90% of my revenue comes from my digital courses. So yeah, it's exactly what I teach. Are you able to say what your revenue is like in the digits or yes. how do you do So it? we hit 15 million last year wow. with a 42% profit margin. So in 2022, we've been a little bit higher in the past. We hit 16.5 million, but I haven't been able to get back up to that. But I'm not I, even going to listen. I'm, I'm not even listening Thank to what you. you didn't do. Right. 15 Thank you. million. I'm not going to say that ever again. 15 Don't say million. it ever again yeah. because 15 million, some people fell out their chair just now. Yeah. 15 million because as we're going backwards, I want to go back to this day that you're working for Tony Robbins. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, Tony Robbins, that's amazing. You've Super reached cool you've reached it, right? Yep. You've reached the pinnacle of what you can do. That's amazing. Why would you ever leave? But what was that day like? What was that moment like? Why did you leave that? And did, could you ever imagine when you did it, you would be at $15 million? Never in my wildest dreams. This is so, going to help a lot of people. Yes. Tell us about that. Day. So what happened was I've always been a corporate girl. Yeah. Out of college, I've had corporate jobs publishing. I even had a job where I mat, was a matchmaker for a while. I worked in marketing. I worked for Harley Davidson. So I've had wow. a lot of different jobs. Yeah. And for a while in my late 20s, I kind of flip-flopped here and there to corporate jobs, but I didn't stay very very long. I couldn't find my thing. Mm. Then I landed at Tony Robbins. I was the director of content development, which meant for seven years, I got to travel the world with Tony and his team and work on the content. So if you know Tony, Unleash the Power Within, Date with Destiny, those were the events I got to work on. Amazing. Went to Fiji and Philippines and London and and always work, but still it was pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah. And then one day, Tony brought in a bunch of business owners. They were all men and he brought them to the San Diego office and they were sitting around this big oak table. They all owned their businesses. They all had courses, masterminds, um, memberships. So they were all in the online space. And Tony was getting in the online space more. So he was so smart. And he's like, tell me about your businesses. Well, I was called in to take notes. That's how humbling was. Mm -hmm. There were no women at the table and I wasn't invited to the main table. I was taking notes Yes, and they went around and talked about their businesses and all I heard was freedom. I, they worked when they wanted, where they wanted, how they wanted. They were creative. They were busting through all the, they didn't experience glass ceilings yeah. like women, but yeah. they were busting through all of money they'd made in corporate was a joke compared to what they were making, but they were also changing lives. Mm. They were in real estate, relationship building, um, investing, so many different industries and all I heard was freedom. And in that moment, I thought, I've never not had a boss. Yeah. I started with my dad, who's the very strict, his way or the highway, yeah. my first boss. Then I got into corporate and I've always had bosses. So in that moment, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't even think I had a skill to be an entrepreneur, mm. but I was going to find a way to be mm. my own boss. Mm. Fast forward a year from that fateful meeting and I drove out of that San Diego office to start my own business. Was Tony supportive? He was incredibly supportive. Okay. The cool thing about Tony is he teaches people how to be entrepreneurs. Sure. He, yeah, so right? he has to know. He has like to know you're around me happen. long enough. Yes. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he he's wished a, me well. He's a polarizing guy, though. He's a polarizing guy. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. And so like some of the things he said, people will absolutely love and agree with. Other yeah. things, they're like, absolutely yeah. not. I had a beautiful experience, yeah. though. Yeah. And it, it kind of sets you on this path. You know, you can respect that, that stepping stone. Yes. Do you... You said you were in your 20s when this happened. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people who are right out of college or right out of high school should be, do you, let me say it a different way. Do you think that people should have a job or more to have that experience before they go out for the freedom? I love that you asked that. You know, my gut just, 
I thought I was going to say no, but my gut just went with yes when you said it that yeah. way. Because I have a son. He's 20, almost yeah. 21. He's a, my stepson. Wait, you're not 21? Uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like <laughs> to think so. Yeah. So he's, he's almost 21, which when I say that, I'm like, oh, my God, I sound so old. No, it's But great. he is uh, at college, and he will absolutely get a corporate job. He wants to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. I've always hoped that he would be an entrepreneur. I hope he would watch me. We have a beautiful relationship, and yeah. I thought he would watch me and be like, look at what my stepmom's doing. I want to do yeah. that. He hasn't shown any interest, yeah. but he's going to college, which I think is a great experience for him. And then he's going to get a job. And I think if he knows what it's like in the work world, if he knows what it's like to be on that nine to five clock, I'm hoping he gets to a point that he's like, I want to do my own thing. I wouldn't have this passion or desire to get women out of cubicles if I wasn't in one. Mm-hmm. So I think you kind of need to be mm-hmm. in one to see the difference between what it's like. If you go right from high school to be an entrepreneur, I don't even know if you could appreciate it as exactly. much as I do. Or, exactly. Or do, were you in nine to five jobs? Or are you always <laughs> an entrepreneur? I've been working since I was 14 years Okay. Old. Because so, when yeah. I see you, I think so entrepreneurial, everything oh, about you just, is. Yeah. Just, but you've been working since you were really my, young. My whole family's we've worked for, since we were really young, and it's you know it's part of the whole systemic issue. Yes, but uh, absolutely, and that kind of reminds me of something. And this is a little going off the path, but it, I just cool. got the idea when you're talking about your son. How do you, or do you think about raising him? Not only not entitled. Mm. He'd be entitled a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You want that for your child, right. but like not entitled. In certain ways, but also like good to people, good to yes. women, you know, knowing yes. that a woman should be in the room, not just taking notes. Amen. Okay. I talk about this stuff with him okay. all the time. Okay. I mean, he comes from a family that we have wealth yeah. and he's a white boy. And yeah. I sure as heck don't want this white rich boy to be walking around ruining things in this yeah. world. And I've seen it done. And so we talk about everything, mm-hmm. including, so his mom is also an entrepreneur. And I love that Kate, his name's Cade, that yeah. Cade sees his mom and mom number two. Yeah women that are at the table, inviting other women to the table saying, let's do this, let's collaborate. Mm-hmm. And he sees us like my husband's retired. So I am the moneymaker. Yeah. And that's important to me that he sees strong women around him, but also the respect. Mm-hmm. And so we don't hand him everything. He pays for almost all of his own things that he wants in life. And to me, that's important. I grew up very, very middle class. And so I, my hard work ethic and my responsibility with money came from the fact that I had to pay for all my own stuff. And yeah. do my, so my son's going to have that same so thing. So that goes back to like, maybe if you're an entrepreneur who is younger, you know, we want you to have freedom. We want yes. you to, and I don't think you have to go to this, you have to go to college, you have to do everything the way it's always been done. True. But there is a lot of merit in getting some experience working yes. for someone just for the education. Alone, uh, just if for, for nothing that. else. If yes. for nothing else. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about maybe one or two examples of your students, mm. like some breakout success, or maybe not even breakout. Like I, I tend to see a lot of your students going on to just do really incredible things. It's so true. So yeah. uh, one of my most favorite students I like to talk about, her name is Anne. And the reason I like to talk about her is because later in life, did she figure out how mm. to be an entrepreneur? And there's some people listening right now that they think it's too late for them, whether they're 30 and they think it's too late, which is wild, but 40, 50, 60. So she was in her late fifties, got laid off, which is so appropriate 
appropriate for where we're at right now, all the layoffs. She got laid off many years ago from the Gap. So she was corporate. So Gap and Old Navy and all that. And so no one would hire her. She's in her late 50s. She's not as desirable anymore to be hired, which is so sad. And so she couldn't get hired, but she was really into arts and crafts. And her husband said, you know, all those arts and crafts you used to buy, like, is there something there that you could turn into a business? She's thinking, no, no, probably not. But she started to do some surface pattern design. I am not crafty at all, but basically it's creating designs on your computer and then putting them on wallpaper or wrapping paper or notebooks and people buy them. So she learned surface pattern design and then started teaching other people how to do it through a digital course. And now in her 60s, she has absolutely made a million dollars with her digital course. Wow. She is crushing it and will never ever have to worry again about asking for a raise, getting laid off, or hoping she doesn't get fired somewhere. Mm -hmm. and that's what I love, actually controlling your wealth and controlling your destiny. Yeah. How did yeah. she find you? She found me through, she got into the online space. Here's what happens. Someone gets into the online space. I want to create a course. I want to do a membership. So they meet one person mm -hmm. and that one person always ties yeah. into another and another. And I think yeah. I was tied through somebody else she was yeah. following. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be inspiring for people um, as is, I'm sure, your book Mm. Now you have to tell me, has, is, your is this your first book? First book. It's your first yep. book. Okay. Yes. What is it called? Two Weeks Notice, How to Find the Courage to Quit Your Job, Make More Money, Work From Wherever, and Change the World. It's an amazing title. It's Thank also you. very long. Yeah. The subtitle's long. The book subtitle. is Two Weeks Notice. Yes. Yes. No, but that's, I mean, the, the subtitle <laughs> is telling you everything. You know, uh, Rachel Maddow has a very long uh, subtitle. Does she? Yes. Okay. Because she's like, this is a very complex book, so we're going to talk about <laughs> we what gotta, it is. We got to spell it out. But say, so say it again. Okay. Uh, how to find the courage to quit your job, make more money, work from wherever, and change the world. Now, how can you hear that and not want to do all those things? How could you not? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I wrote great. the book because when I started 14 years ago, driving out of that San Diego office, leaving a job that paid me well, gave me great benefits. I got to travel the world, but I was not free. I absolutely wanted to call the shots. Mm. So I drive out of this office. I, the next day I'm an entrepreneur and have no idea what I'm doing. Where do I start? How do I get a website up, social media, email list, offers, all the stuff that is the foundation of your business. I wrote the guidebook because I wish I had it. Yeah. And so that's where it kind yeah. of stemmed from. So how long, how long ago did you decide to write this book? Uh, I have been talking about it for five years, but it was only till two years ago that I did it. Yeah. 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 I and think I was very scared to put it out in the world. You know, you might tell me if you had the experience. I tell stories in the book about my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey that I don't necessarily want to tell. They mm -hmm. kind of are embarrassing. They mm -hmm. don't put me in the best light, but they're necessary for someone to hear and kind of sidestep the mistakes I made. Did you tell, I know you told stories in your book, but were you ever hesitant? <laughs> There's a story in my book where uh, uh, I get into a lesbian fight in an IHOP parking lot. Yes. So yes. I, I didn't have much shame. <laughs> you like told them <laughs> and all. And if you're curious what a lesbian fight is, read the book. Okay, read the book. You'll get all the details. <laughs> I, it's interesting because when people ask me like, what's your favorite chapter to write mm -hmm. or to read, whatever. My favorite chapter is the one full chapter about me talking about being a drunk, fall down drunk and almost dying. And you weren't nervous to tell And I was stories. not nervous. It poured out of me. Mm. And it was because this image of someone reading that chapter and other stories 
and them getting something from it and learning from it or not feeling on their own mm. like I'm the only one who's yes. a mess up you know yes and my mother my mother's in the other room so I couldn't say fuck up so I'm gonna say fuck up <laughs> <laughs> that's right we're not gonna say that um, yes your mom. but it's it's definitely um it was just very therapeutic for me it was meant to be for sure yeah but yeah. you how did you get over that feeling exactly what you said I knew there were some people that needed to hear these stories to know that they were not alone I felt very alone in my first few years of entrepreneurship yeah so writing the stories and reminding other people you're not alone you've got this you 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 absolutely are gonna crash and burn many times yeah. until you kind yeah. of figured out and then you're gonna crash and burn some more well you have this uh, tendency to to go through things that are uncomfortable think about, you know, hesitate, but you do end up sharing a lot of things. Okay. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. So early on, I heard this guy tell the, he talked about the stories he tells and the stories he doesn't. And he said, I tell stories when they are scabs. It's kind of gross, but <laughs> when it's an open oozy wound, he said, when I'm in it, I don't have a lot of value to share. And sure, I could share from that point just to say, look at me, you're not alone. But he wanted to share from a place of, look at me, you're not alone, and let me share with you what I learned. So I tend to pause, learn my lessons, whether good or bad, but I learn them, and then I share the scabs mm. so I have something to offer mm -hmm. after the fact. That has always served me well. But some people might think that I'm more guarded because of that or a little bit more private. It's not yeah. my intention. I just want to make sure I, I learn the lesson before I share it. When you have the scab, which is mm -hmm. quite disgusting, but when right. you have it, it means you've healed. I've healed in some way, not completely, yes. but you've healed in some way. At least moved on. Yeah, there's there's a protection there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I get that. Who do you? That reminds me. Who do you? The person who told you that. Who do you look to for inspiration? I always think about. Who does Adele listen to for heartbreak? I would I love to know. I know the answer. How do you I, know? I'm guessing the answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess the two people. I'm ready. I think she listens to Loretta Lynn, and I think she listens to Patty Griffin. Okay, I'm loving both of these. Yeah, I think she has to because you have to think, who can break Adele's heart? Okay, the fact that you've thought of this and you have two very specific <laughs> names makes yeah. me love you even more. Well, one day yeah. I'll hopefully ask her. But it's true what people ask, you know, what I know to be true, and you probably know this too, is that the most successful people I know have coaches, mm -hmm. uh, take themselves, and they invest in themselves so deeply. So much. And people think, no, you get successful, and you are the guru, and then you stop, and you don't have to ask for questions. Oh, but no. it's only, th th it's the fact that you ask for question you know you it's ask true. for that mentorship that makes you successful it's so true yeah. so i have a wellness coach that i talk to weekly i have a therapist mm -hmm. i have a business coach and i have a group of entrepreneurial girlfriends that i text every single day and they do the same wow. so i do have i haven't always had that much of a support mm -hmm. but i have realized the more support whether i pay for it which i pay for some of that yeah. or it's just my peers yeah. i do so much better in life in general yeah because so, you just yeah. When you're reaching 15 million a year, which you never even imagined you never. could be, yeah. it's a hundred times what you'd make as a corporate person, exactly. right? When you get there, do you think, and this is what I ask a lot of a lot of people on your first million, do you think about a higher number or do you get there and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm at this number, I could live off this for the rest of my life, or does it become this thing of, I can do that, so I must be able to do a hundred million? Okay. Such a great question that I, the first thing I do is um, 
I looked, could I retire right now? Would, would, have I been responsible enough with my money that I'm 46 years old? Can I retire now? And the answer is yes, I could. And so that makes me feel secure, like almost like the rest can be gravy, although it doesn't always feel that way, but I do like that security. And if the answer was no, I would just keep working harder, but I do keep working harder because I know there's so much more Mm -hmm. I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I do believe if I can make 15 million, I can make 50 million. But yesterday I was with my leadership uh, at a leadership retreat. I have a small team and there's leaders that I go to every uh, week and we meet once a quarter. And I said, I have a new plan for us. I was meeting with one of my friends, Brooke Castillo. You mm-hmm. asked kind of who I look up to. That's one woman. She's built a $50 million business, and she does it in a really cool, simple way. So I really look up to her. And she shared with me the difference between incremental growth and exponential growth. And she said, if you want incremental growth, then you look at what you're doing and think, how can I make this better? So for me, if I made 15 last year and I want to make 20 this year, what could I change or tweak in the next year to, to get to that 20 million? And mm-hmm. I think that's very possible. Mm. But exponential growth, I'd like to have a $50 million business. She said, that's where you have to think, what have I not done before? What it would be unreasonable. That's my word of the year, unreasonable to do or to think or to act or an unreasonable request. What is it? So I'm starting to think, even though my goal this year is uh, 20 million, I'm thinking, but what would it look like to get 50 million? And I think I'm going to show up differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. It's, it, I think the reason I started Your First Million three and a half, whatever, four years ago, was because, not just because I wanted to talk to people about, like, money and, like, because I'm actually, I don't think about money in any sort of emotional way. You don't? No. It's so cool. I no. know that about you. Yeah. It's more, it's two things. It's it's two things. I know that it's important. It's an important tool for, like you said, freedom, but also for power and more people who who are women, people of color, need to wield that power. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to have those breadcrumbs. How did you get there? And your book is going to help a lot of people get there. Yeah. Your course is going to help a lot of people. But it was also to get into the psyche of what happens when you have everything you ever wanted. Mm. And and is it a, is there a pattern among a lot of people? And what I found is Yeah, I'm dying to know. It's it's similar to what you said. It's I don't I don't need more to fulfill myself. Um, but I but I don't want to leave it on the table because it, it's really gonna go somewhere else. It it's truly. gonna go to somewhere else and do we want them to have that power? necessarily yes right? we are the same in that yeah thought. because yeah. you can do so much with what you do i think you even have like a nonprofit. i think you do we, all kinds of stuff we do right? a lot of charitable yeah. contribution and it's so important to me that we find i love to give back to uh, especially things related to women that mm-hmm. really excites me mm-hmm. so i really do believe the more money i make the bigger impact i can make yeah. and it isn't always about like what can i buy i don't really think i need much more anymore yeah. but there is some good i need to do in this world you know a, 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 another friend that jenna could you yeah. introduce me to is Sunira who yes. is at stacks yes. and she says nothing bad happens when women have more money Amen. I totally (laughs) believe it. I'm going to have to start saying that. I'll quote her. But it's true. Nothing bad happens. Yeah. 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 So then aside from the work that you do, you have a family. Um, Sometimes you let yourself travel and and like get away. But what, what, what do you do that fulfills you? Yes. So one of the things I... I feel like I've been hustling and working my buns off since the day I left college. So I feel like as much as I don't want to be in the hustle mentality, it is a little bit in my blood. And so I go, 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 go. 
And oh, uh, the last two years, my husband retired. We moved from California Nashville, mm. to Nashville. He was a firefighter. So he retired as a firefighter, and I am just a sugar mama now. And so <laughs> there you go. And so he has more downtime. I don't necessarily, but yeah. we bought a lake house, and yeah. it's about an hour and a half outside of Nashville. And it has become my sanctuary. I, I've promised myself that when I'm there, that computer closes, that phone gets put down, mm. and I just want to be present. And it has made me such a better person, a better businesswoman, a better wife, a better friend. So finding those pockets of time has been everything to me. Yeah. So I really have loved that. Yeah. Something I've been asking people um, more recently is what is a little bit of change here, but yeah. what is your relationship with regret? Ooh, my relationship with regret. Well, I have a few, mm-hmm. so it's it's there. Yeah, I've learned to forgive myself along the way. Yes, but there, I could I could still look at a few things I've done or said or decisions I've made that sting a little. Still. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that in the moment you're not able to forgive yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. In the moment, I'm I there. If you and I got in a fight and I did something to you to hurt you, yeah. there's nothing you could say that would be worse than what I've already said to uh, myself. Mm-hmm. So I I beat myself up pretty bad, mm. and then which is why I have a therapist to kind of go yeah. talk it out. Yeah. But um, I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to catch myself and remember yeah. I am only yeah. human and I have to forgive. Yeah myself and others but yeah and I also feel like you're and this again you know stop me correct me but I also feel like you're there's a there's a something that you do that you feel like you need to humble yourself and you can't you you, am I that is a really good judge of character for us (laughs) being new friends yeah I try to cut myself down quickly like don't even act like you which again we're talking about entitlement we don't want you to you know but this the same time you have accomplished so much and it's almost like you there's like a little guilt. Is there survivor's oh guilt? Goodness. First of all, <laughs> are you my therapist? Because did she talk to you? But there is. Okay, so let's talk about this. Yeah. I've always had this thing. I think it's called self-sabotage, where yeah. when something good happens, you think that something bad is going to happen or you're looking yes. for it. I have that. It's yes. a very big piece when of my personality. When is the other shoe going to drop? Exactly. Yes. So I remember my very first really big launch, I made $30,000. Mm-hmm. I was in a tiny little condo in Carlsbad. $30,000 was a lot of money still is to me right so I made $30,000 and I remember looking at my husband thinking something bad's gonna happen like I just got something so great and I don't and here's where it comes I don't deserve it yeah yes that's a survivor's guilt yes yes there must be some people in your life that you feel like they're not doing as well why am I the one doing oh my gosh yes so I am very generous with my family and I don't typically say it like that because we're talking about because I do feel like I have all of this I want my my sister is a uh, first grade teacher. Yeah. My brother-in-law's a firefighter. Two people that are doing great Amazing in this world yeah. and not making yeah. hardly anything. Yeah. It doesn't seem fair. So I do have that. But also when I started to explore, why do I think the other shoe is going to drop? It, it came from, I don't think I'm worthy of this. Mm. So I had to ask myself, why do you not think you are worthy yeah. of this? And I think it stems from some childhood things. Yeah. You know, we always have, we all have something back there. And so I think about growing up. I have a great relationship with my mom and, and a pretty good one with my dad. Yeah. I, they never told me I wasn't worthy, but I can't remember a time when I was told I was. Okay. Like, I see some of my girlfriends raise their daughters or some of the guy friends I have raise their daughters. Like, you are precious. You are wonderful. You yeah. are perfect the way you are. 
Mm-hmm. This is getting way too deep, but I have yeah. to tell you one more thing. I want to hear it. I was in, uh, I went to a week long, like, sil- not silent retreat, but a week long retreat, no phones, no computer, and no calls home. Like, I was just there. Mm-hmm. And there was this exercise where you sat in a circle, and the half of the group was in the circle, the other half was around the circle, and they went around and whispered in your ear one thing they wished they heard when they were growing up. And you would hear it, and then the next person would go, and you, and one guy, so it was a male voice, whispered in my ear, you are perfect the way you are. Mm. And it broke me wide open. Yeah. It was the thing I had wished I heard when I was young. And so because ever since learning that, I thought, okay, so there's something here. So when something good happens, I remind myself, you are worthy. Not only did you work hard for this, you are showing up every day. You are doing good in this world. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. So we just went in a direction I'd rather have not gone because I, it's embarrassing a little bit, but it's something I, don't think it's I deal embarrassing with. At all. Yeah. You know, we can certainly. No, keep, we're keeping it. Love to keep we're this keeping in it. Yeah. Because I don't think it's embarrassing at all. I think, first of all, the, the reason I was able to pick up on it is because, of course, I felt that way before. <laughs> of course. But the other thing is that I, I, I talk to people, so many people, especially women, entrepreneurs, so every single day. And there's so much that we put on ourselves or you know like you said it stems from something and I can be in a room with people who are just killing it and the confidence isn't there or not confidence but the there's some dig there's some dig yes the world is against us in a way Mm -hmm. we can't be our own downfall yeah we can't we can't so I made a decision two or three years ago that if I can do it if I want to do it, and if it doesn't hurt anybody else, I'm doing it. Ooh, I love that. If you can do it, you want to do it, and it won't hurt anybody else, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's a great philosophy to live by. Yeah, because yeah. I, I kind of go through some stuff with online where some people don't think I deserve certain things, whatever. And at first, I did let it, I mean, you know, a few years ago, I let it get to me. And then right. I'm like, who? What? Yes, it's so true. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. You weren't with me with the, the hard stuff. Yes, you weren't even on this journey. Yeah, yeah. In the book, I, there's this one chapter called You Ain't For Everyone, Boo. Mm-hmm. And it came from someone <laughs> attacking me online. And one of my... Did they say that? They, one of my girlfriends, I called her oh. up. And I told her, I'm oh. like, this guy is just like telling everyone I don't know what I'm talking about. He's like disparaging uh. me online. And she said, you ain't for everyone, boo. Like, <laughs> what are you trying to do? And and then yeah. she said, if they're not paying the bills, they don't get an opinion. Yeah. And I have lived by that since then. I say that too. I say, yeah. I say if you're not paying my rent or if you didn't give birth to me, yes. sit, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sit down. But it doesn't happen overnight. No. It, and you, and it really is this internal, constant muscle, you know, this constant process internally, even with any with other people telling you this. Oh, it yes. really is kind of have to wake up every because I get really anxious at night. I have this thing where I've always gotten really anxious at I night. I can relate. But you know, when when I wake up, there's a different vibe, right? So I wake up and I'm just like, yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> like who who gonna tell me this? Like uh, like boo, you know, on the <laughs> Real Housewives. Who gonna check me, boo? Like you know, it's like. We, we've gone through so much, and we we have to start at this level of, I deserve this, I am valuable. No matter what has happened to us, no matter who has said what day before or 50 years ago, right? Yes. We have to be the ones who start with that. Um, 
Because the world is going to kind of attack us in a way. Absolutely, every which way. Yeah. And I love, even though I get embarrassed sometimes talking about the vulnerable stuff, I love talking about it because I want people to see me and think, okay, this woman has so self-sabotages mm -hmm. sometimes, definitely deal with anxiety, definitely doubt myself even 14 years in. But I show up and I make it happen mm. just for the reasons you said. Like, this is not an option. Yeah. I, in my mind, this is absolutely necessary that I'm showing yeah. up. Even when I don't feel like I fit in in the room, I act as if until I believe it kind yeah. of thing. And the reason I do that is because my why, which in the beginning was I wanted to be my own boss and call the shots. My why today is there's a woman in a cubicle that doesn't realize there's an entirely new world out there waiting for yeah. her that could blow her mind. Yeah. And I want to be able to introduce that to her. That's my why today. 100%. Every day my why picks me up when my worries knock me down. And that's why I'm able to show up and do big yeah. things. So it's not like I don't have all of that. I just do it anyway. Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for your vulnerability, thank you. for coming in here and being a badass and talking about your 15 million. This when it was is so fun. It. <laughs> I just want you to know I love everything you do. Thank and meeting you. you in person has been extra special. I thought I thought you'd have a little bit more of a harder exterior, and it's like you're a teddy bear. Oh, it's, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know what I expected. Yeah. So, so well, you have a lot of heart tell me to I'm you. In intimidating, and I'm like, how? You are like, a little I want intimidating. To look all day. I don't know how I'm intimidating. <laughs> well, intimidating in a really bad ask good way right, right. but it was really nice to meet thank you, you so, so thank much. you i appreciate that so we're going to get your book and you're going to tell okay. us one more time the title two weeks notice how to find the courage to quit your job make more money work from wherever and change the world i want to do all that yes i love it i love it I love more it. please yes amy porterfield thank you so much thank you friend